0: climate and sustainability And good afternoon to
1: you uh, Kevin James are you good I'm um, very good, Ernest. It's a beautiful day in Cape Town. I'm on a holiday, so why shouldn't it be?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, of course, indeed, uh, holiday anytime. I, I, I would say, and uh, none more so at this time of the year, Kevin. And uh, that's why, that's why we're having this chat on a Monday because uh, Wednesday is, is a holiday and we kick into full holiday uh, mode. But uh, big news coming through today: COP21 in Paris drew, drew to an end over the weekend, with many hailing this as the most comprehensive and far-reaching agreement in the 20 years' history. Uh, please share some of the uh, details and your insights into the uh, outcome of this year's event.
1: Yeah, and it's it's been interesting. As you know, we've come a road together. I've covered the build-up to COP21 as I've done in the previous four and was well, quite positive, as you remember this year about this one, based on the fact that there's really a lot of groundswell of activity by companies, cities, NGOs, et cetera, putting lots and lots of pressure on governments to actually reach an agreement. Uh, as well as the current state of global first world politics, which I must uh, actually add and, and, and put into this whole discussion, we've seen Tony Abbott basically uh, evicted from the leadership of Australia. We've seen Stephen Harper, he's no more the Prime Minister of Canada, and of course Obama is finishing his term off in the United States and obviously wants to leave a bit of a legacy. So, all the leaders have got more liberal slant and climate friendly agendas. So, I think that's helped a lot. Well, it seems that many of the big roadblocks experienced in the prior COP seem to have been removed, Ernest. Things like agreement between developing and developed worlds and then the rich and the poor nations and all the 190 odd countries for the first time all agreeing to emission cuts to ensure that the planet keeps below 2 degrees Celsius average temperature and even to push. Towards the, the 1.5 degrees level, so they actually want to push it a little bit harder. There is concern, however, um, that by those following the science, that the pledges made by the big polluting countries are not sufficient to achieve this, and that current pledges, more likely to achieve 2.7 to 3 degrees Celsius average temperatures, which really would be catastrophic. However, the agreement does include periodic reviews. And updating of pledges. The other issue is the rate at which action is happening. This whole production, after all, was an agreement that needed to be reached by the end of this year, but only starts in 2020, which, with most of the reduction targets being by 2030. So the other thing that has happened is the, the world, the, the richer countries have agreed to start paying by 2020 the $100 billion a year to developing and poorer countries for climate mitigation and adaptation uh, activities. So this is all really good news. I think they did very well in Paris this year. But the real message that is coming out of COP21 is that enough has been done to send a death knell to the fossil fuel industry, which is basically that the countdown has started for the absolute and global transition of fossil fuel-based energy to more renewable alternatives. And that is really one of the big outcomes we want to see happening as a result of all these climate conferences and activities.
0: All right. And uh, we'll wait and see what uh, the coming year holds in as far as those agreements are concerned. But just briefly, uh, Kevin, how would you summarize the the year 2015, your observations with regards to uh, the main issues and challenges we face, even from uh, a, a, a continental perspective?
1: So, it's been a hell of a year, Ernest. I mean, for me, certainly, I mean, globally it has. for me, certainly, just in my own life, in my field, in what I do working with South African corporates, companies definitely need to build greater awareness. There's no question. It's happening, but it's still quite slow. Around sustainability and risk issues, they really need to empower themselves with knowledge, and they need to adopt a longer-term vision to ensure we really don't destroy ourselves in the brutal pursuit of short-term profits. This will become increasingly challenging, though, given the downward trajectory that this country's economy economy has found itself and obviously made even worse by the last week events that have unfolded and with uncertainty comes short-termism. That doesn't help the sustainability agenda. We need to see further. To me, Ernest, bold, strong leadership is the most critical success factor for a successful and equal society. In South Africa, we don't just have weak leadership, we have blatantly crooked leadership that is now very clearly working against us to sabotage the success of this country while only enriching themselves. I believe that it is literally, literally one man in particular, Jacob Zuma, who stands in the way of our national success. He showed his hand this week very clearly and if given any extended opportunity to continue our country really is on a hiding to nothing. For example, the cabinet stealthily voted last week in favor of the trillion Rand nuclear procurement deal. It happened through all the hullabaloo, which we know we don't need and Nenner has confirmed in a career limiting move that we can't afford. 2015 has been the year we started running out of water earnest. If our leaders really cared about us, they would be raising one trillion Rand to fix our ailing water infrastructure clean our contaminated drinking water, not invest in some dodgy Russian nuclear deals that will ultimately bankrupt this country. Ernest, we have some serious challenges here, economic, social, environmental, that would take very focused political will and experience and skill to solve. Our government, under the leadership of Jacob Zuma, besides not having the skill, has created an institutionalized culture of patronage, corruption, ineptitude and arrogance. So for us to even have half the chance of solving these problems, one thing has to happen. Unfortunately, Jacob Zuma has to go. We simply cannot afford him as our leader
0: all right kevin james uh, we'll leave it there my friend all the best we'll chat again in the new year
1: hey thank you and really good wishes to all our listeners i really sam um, i wish them all a, fee- a peaceful safe season don't think and drive that's not that smart don't make a mess please and don't extend yourselves on your credit cards because interest rates seem to be going on the upward spiral
0: climate change and sustainability with uh, kevin james from gcx africa